learning and deciding how to respond to folks who will ask, well, you know, or do you think you're going to walk again? Or folks who will say, you know, I've been praying. I know you're going to walk again. I don't know if I'm going to walk again. I'm sort of practical of like, well, science says we got about a 5% chance of walking again. So probably not going to happen. It's wrestling then with, okay, so God allowed this and God may not choose to allow me to walk again. And what do I do with that? I worship him anyway. Welcome back to the Prepare Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Hanton. Thanks so much for being patient with us listeners. I know it's been a minute since we've been here, but we're back and we're ready to dive back into our series on mental health. My guest today is Vanessa Crabtree. Vanessa has a beautiful testimony of strength, faith, and hope. And you're going to hear it as she tells her story through her experience that she's had over the last few months and how that ties into her own mental health journey. So here we go. Here's my conversation with my friend, Vanessa. Welcome to the podcast, Vanessa. Thanks. Glad to be here. I am very happy to see you. I'm glad you're here with us. It's nice to catch up with you. Um, you and I, we met way back. I say way back. It's really not that long ago, but it feels like a long time ago. I think it was it like 2015. We were at the Salvation Army Music Camp in in Hoblitzell, Texas, which, yes, that's where they filmed The Chosen, if you're keeping up with that. Um, but um, that have been TMI? Yes. TMI? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I still sing the song. Uh, now it's going to be stuck in my head. We loved going out to TMI. It's amazing. Which, for our listeners, because in the Salvation Army we speak in acronyms, that is the <laughs> <laughs> it is the Territorial Music Institute. And people from all over the southern states in the Salvation Army come together for um, a week of music study, really. Uh, yeah performance and um, learning about your craft and all of those things. It's just a really great time. So we met there and you play drums, right? I do. And sing. I know that. Mm -hmm. But we didn't really have a chance much to get to know one another. Yeah. So this will be fun for me to really get to know you a little bit better, hearing your story, catching up. So, but before we get into the heart of our conversation, I want you to tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Just introduce yourself to us. Yeah. So I am Vanessa Crabtree. Um, A fun little fact about my last name is that uh, my maiden name was Hogaboom, which is a Dutch name that means high tree. And so when I met my husband, or, you know, then I was dating, knew his name was Crabtree. I was like, well, that'd be pretty cool. I could still have a tree last name. (laughs) Uh, So trees have been a big theme in our marriage and our relationship altogether. Um, I grew up going to Catholic school and then going to Catholic church. And when I got to college, um, some friends invited me to their church when a friend was getting baptized. And I heard the gospel for the first time in a way I really understood it and uh, asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, to have a relationship with him. Um, And that really changed the trajectory of my life. Um, I don't know where I would have been without that, but... Mm here I am. So for that, I am so very grateful. And at the time I was a music major in college and percussion. 
And so I went to get involved in church. So naturally, I was drawn toward being involved in music. Yeah. Uh, at first, they said, oh, so you're going to play the drums with us because you're a percussion major. And I said, no, I'm going to play piano. And they're like, so you mean, you mean you're going to play drums? And I'm like, nope, I'm going to play piano. That's right. And I don't know what it was about that. But, uh, <laughs> so most of my church music uh, has been playing piano and synth keyboard in kind of the contemporary praise band setting, um, though I do also play percussion. And so when God led my husband and I to the Salvation Army, I also got to play percussion in uh, the brass band setting, which I was thrilled with. I was like, whoa, I've only ever played percussion in school and Mm -hmm. in college in these secular settings. And then all of a sudden it was like all the parts of my music got to be used to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. So. That was really fun. And you, right now, you currently live in Arizona, but originally you're from Michigan. Is that right? Yes, I am. I grew up, born and raised in Michigan. What what part of Michigan? I am from West Michigan. You can't see my hand on the podcast, but uh, <laughs> I, know the I can hand. point to it. <laughs> yep. uh, so Grand, about an hour out of Grand Rapids, if that's a familiar city. Um, yeah. My husband and I were married in Grand Rapids. That's where we started out. Oh, wow. Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. And my entire, my side of the family is from the western side of Michigan. So Grand Rapids, Grand Haven, Muskegon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband is from Detroit. Like he's on the other side. Yeah. My hometown is the world's claim to fame to the world's largest weather vane. Oh, yes. Which is in Montague and not Whitehall because Whitehall's are rival. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's such a small world we actually do live in. Yeah. You had no prior, you know, like introduction to the Salvation Army until you were in college. Is that right? Or after you got married? It was after college, after we got married. Okay. And so, you know, my husband and I met in Michigan. He was in grad school. We got married and we moved away from Michigan. We moved to Texas and we didn't know where we were going to go to church. And we prayed for a place to serve God. And that led us straight to the Salvation Army. So my husband uh, was involved in, has a master's degree in trumpet performance. Oh, wow. And so we thought, you know, we, we'd heard a few things about the Salvation Army. And he'd had some friends who'd been involved in the Salvation Army and said, you know, you you love Jesus and, and you love playing brass. You, you should maybe check out the Salvation Army. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, and so we pretty quickly got involved. Our first corps was in Odessa, Texas. Mm. And so we volunteered there for a year. And we're working. I was working in the library there. My husband was working in the college, the community college. And uh, we thought and prayed about it and applied for jobs and ended up a year later with my husband's first ministry position as a youth music person over in Western Pennsylvania. Wow. Uh, and then he moved to another location in Texas uh, at DHQ, uh, divisional headquarters for the state of Texas for, mm-hmm. for those non uh, <laughs> acronym Salvation Army yes. yeah. folks. And, um, and so he served at DHQ for a while, served in Kerrville, Texas, after that. And then we transitioned away from the Salvation Army, mainly so my husband could pursue more pastoral ministry. Mm. So, you know, definitely feeling a call to ministry for a long time. Yeah, he's in seminary now and studying for uh, master's in theological studies. And we moved to Arizona for serving with a couple of Baptist churches. 
And uh, here I am a librarian for Cochise County, and my husband is a worship minister up at Black Mountain Baptist Church, uh, as well as finishing his degree in theological studies at Gateway Seminary. Do you have any special interests or hobbies that you like to do? <laughs> I mean, music is usually the first line of, oh, this is my hobby. This yeah. takes up lots of our time. Right. Uh, I like to say sewing's my hobby, but it doesn't get much of my time. <laughs> um and uh, my new hobby is weightlifting because wow. I've been doing lots of weight training uh, with my accident mm-hmm. and now using my upper body for everything I do. Yeah. So weight training is my new hobby. That's awesome. I love it. So you recently, I mean, we're talking, it's still pretty fresh here, six months, as it, yep. at least six months. You went through a very scary, life-changing experience um, as you were involved in a car accident. So we would just want you to take us through the story of the accident, the recovery, all of up to where you are now. Just tell us, tell us about that. Yeah. So it was an ordinary Monday. I was getting ready for some projects at work where I'd be traveling to different libraries to do some IT work. Uh, And so I had some a computer and some other some other things that I needed to transport. And so uh, after work, I was going to load them up in my car. And I drove my car from my parking spot across the parking lot to the loading dock because I didn't feel like trying to carry all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just the end of my work day and I'm ready to get home. And I thought my car was in park. And when I got out of it, it was not. It was in reverse. Oh and I got caught under the door of my car in the parking lot. Oh my goodness. I was conscious the whole time, Mm. rolled under, still alert, uh, heard my car hit. We had a Connex shipping container Mm. out in the loading dock and, you know, my car smacks that and it's still running. And at first, you know, my, my first thought going under that door was I'm not coming out of this. Mm. I'm going to meet my savior, uh, which was slightly terrifying to be hit with the reality of like, Oh my gosh, do is everything I believe real? Is this gonna really happen? What what am I gonna see in the next few seconds? Mm. Um, and I remember, you know, just after that I heard the car hit the shipping container and took my first breath after the accident and was like, Oh, I can I can breathe. I wasn't expecting that. Mm. And then pretty quickly as I tried to get up and go chase after my runaway car. I realized I couldn't get up. Mm. Um, I couldn't feel or move my legs. Wow. So thankfully I could still move, feel my arms completely normally. Um, When I had gone under the car door, there was definitely a moment where I heard a crunch. Mm. Uh, So I, that was (laughs) nerve wracking. Oh, for sure. Right. But you don't remember feeling any pain. Nope. In, in the immediate aftermath of that, you know, I was in shock. So it was just like, I felt like my legs were floating behind me. It really wasn't painful until a few hours later. So, so then who came to help? (laughs) (laughs) I I actually don't even know their names. And Mm. I think I might be able to track that down because I would love to personally say thank you. But Mm. so I have never been much of a morning person. So I had been working nine to six instead of eight to five. And uh, so I'd left a little, I'd left later than a lot of folks I work with. 
And so there wasn't anybody else in the parking lot when I was leaving and packing up. Uh, so I started screaming for help. You know, it took about 30 minutes. And so I, in the meantime, I had actually managed to crawl across the parking lot over to my car to get my phone, which was in the backseat of my car and my backpack. I was like, well, I'm going to keep screaming and I'm going to go try to get my phone because I don't want to stay out on this parking lot all night long. But it was pretty difficult for me to get into my car. I had managed to get one of my car doors open, my, my driver's side door open so that I could unlock all the rest of the doors to make sure I could get in the back seat where my car or where my phone was. Uh, but thankfully, some folks did hear me screaming that whole time. And so they didn't know exactly where it was coming from. Uh, so they had called the police b- well before they found me. Um, but pretty quickly, they had found me and then got EMS there and got me on the road. Yeah. And you were airlifted by helicopter and um, yep. right to the hospital. And then uh, did they do surgery right away or did you have to wait? It was a day and a half, I think I waited. So, I, you know, my injury was on a Monday night. It would have been Wednesday morning. I had that surgery. Wow. So wow. I uh, have a spine of steel now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, several pieces of titanium in my back, uh, stabilizing where I broke my where I broke my spine. And then, of course, a, a spinal cord injury happens when the nerve bundle inside of your spine gets broken or twisted or injured in some mm-hmm. shape or form. So for the technicalities, you know, I what happened is the spine has different numbers. So you have the your neck, which is your C spine, your cervical spine, uh, your thoracic spine, which is your the T numbers, and then your lumbar, which is the lowest part, uh, like by your tailbone. And so my injury is in the the bottom of the thoracic part, right under my rib cage. Turns out your rib cage is an amazing protector of your spine. Wow! And uh, I had actually broke all twelve of my ribs on my right side. Oh my word! Um, but it didn't break my spine until the very bottom of that, which is between T11 and T12 in your spine. So those had gotten twisted and twisted my spinal cord, the center of nerves right in the middle, as well as gotten a broken piece of bone through my spinal cord. Wow. Okay. So, oh man, isn't it interesting how when these kinds of things happen, you, you suddenly, you know, everything about your body that you never thought you would ever have to even know about, you know, the T's and the, oh, yeah. you know, the numbers in your spine. I mean, who cares about that? Right. But right. it's like, now you I are would not have been able to tell you anything about that prior to this. You right. Know? Right. You went to rehab and they said, here's a manual, all this stuff. So of course I'm nerdy. And I read the thing cover to cover and <laughs> asked for more. So yes. Yeah. Well, it is interesting. I mean, I would want to know, I would want to know exactly where in my body this is happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So as you know, on this podcast, we're in the middle of a series on mental health. And if I have learned anything from the people I've already talked to is that 
Mental health is a journey and it's full of highs and lows and all different places. My daughter described it in the podcast that we did um, a couple months ago is that it's a spectrum. No two people are alike when it comes to mental health. But what I love about your journey and just knowing I followed it on Facebook, right? And and yeah. your your blog is how willing you were to be open about how you felt and the things you were experiencing. You were fairly transparent. And so was Jeff. Jeff kept us informed of what was going on um, with your accident and everything and calls to prayer. And gosh, I was part of that prayer chain. But you you wrote a blog, Vanessa's Rehabilitation Journey. And listeners, if you want to read that, I can put a link where you can sign up to, to read that. Um, but you talked about Everything from like bonus days, which I just love that. You talked about hope and looking back at your life pre-accident as if it were just someone that you knew really well, the acceptance of the reality that is where you are right now. But just really quick, I just want to throw out just a few quotes. I love that you said this on Facebook. Thoughts of a new wheelchair user. Um, Side note, you've affectionately named your wheelchair Miss sparkles jr (laughs) i just love that that's amazing my mother-in-law has a car that's white with sparkles and that is miss sparkles oh my gosh it was only fitting that my wheelchair would be miss sparkles jr since it's sparkly that's amazing just you know putting that that positive spin on your new friend that you that you live with now but here's what you said. You said, thoughts of a new wheelchair user. My shoes aren't going to wear out anymore, are they? I mean, that's amazing. Yep. Yeah. So you just, I loved how, you know, you could just sense your strive to remain positive about things that were happening to you. Um, but I love the song that you mentioned, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. I now have that on repeat. Yeah. But you said the lyric in that song until I stand with joy before the throne hits you different now. Yeah. Yeah. But now fast forward to your, during your rehab, one of your posts said, it's been a day high standing for 15 minutes, low crying over lost sleep and feeling overwhelmed. And you know, as I mentioned before, that's exactly how it goes with our experiences. They are highs and lows and some lows are really low. Uh, And depending on the person, it affects us all differently. So just tell us a little bit about how this experience affected your mental health. I think the most difficult piece was really the early days of my accident. It, by all definitions, was a very avoidable accident. I could have, should have done, you know, X, Y, Z differently, and I wouldn't be in this situation. Um, and so at first, that was really the hardest part I was up against. Just really blaming myself, you know, I mean, it, it is my fault. I'm the only one involved in this thing. I remember at first, I really expected people to be mad at me and was sort of surprised, you know, going into the hospital and everybody's, you know, really kind and gentle and, all of my family, everyone's so worried for to mm-hmm. one degree. Mm-hmm. And in here in my mind, I'm like expecting somebody to be mad at me because here I've made this terrible mistake. And really the turning point for that was an interview I did 
that had to do with insurance. Um, they were describing how how this insurance worked in the state of Arizona, and they said, you know, it's a it's a no fault insurance. And for whatever reason, at that point, uh, when you know I'm describing all of the details of the accident and hearing the word no fault, you know, that just it it helped click with me. Like this was an accident. Yeah, I don't need to beat myself up for this. Right. Yep, it sucks. And there's nothing I can do about that right, right now. Right. Accidents happen. And especially, and I've heard this in counseling before of like, how would you treat someone else who you knew had gone through this? Mm. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't be mad at them. Right. Why do I think other people are going to be mad at me? Right. Because I've made a mistake. Yeah. And that that's reality. I also, I can identify with that because I tend to live in the regret. If I had only done this, this outcome would have been different. But really, honestly... I mean, things happen. And it, you're right. I love that. That no fault. That's a little God wink that through yeah. an unlikely conversation through insurance, that was your confirmation that, hey, listen, this isn't your fault. Yeah. Exactly. The, the last thing I expected to have come out of that conversation. Right. You mentioned, too, that it's common for people to struggle like that after um, an injury uh, like you had. Yeah. So you were assigned a counselor in rehab. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah. So particularly depression after an accident like this is super common. It's incredibly life-changing. So many things have to be readjusted. And there's a lot of loss that goes with that, yeah. which really can lead into depression and uh, suicidal thoughts, addiction, lots of different things for folks who have gone through an injury like this, especially hand in hand with pain, you know, where I know in the hospital, I was taking lots of opioid medications, especially at first and post-surgery of just to treat the physical pain that I was dealing with at the time. And so it's a fairly common thing for those sorts of mental health problems to be introduced. Yeah. So we were, I was assigned a counselor in rehab and there were times where I thought like, you know, this, is, this isn't the most helpful or they don't really get me right now and those sorts of things, which, which are probably common across the board for starting a counseling relationship or things like that. Um, and they, they were more helpful informationally at the time, you know, like here's some stuff you can read about this particular thing or here's some stuff to read about how to get ready to go back to work mm. or some things like that. Yeah, it really is funny how God used, you know, a, a conversation with someone from insurance, uh, <laughs> potentially even more so than, than the, the counselors I was assigned at the time. Um, but also I wanted to mention here too, that I do have a relationship with a counselor who I'd been seeing for a while. Okay. And so really that was the most helpful because this is someone who I got to talk to through my accident, who knows me and who has known me before my accident. Um, and so probably part of my impression of the counselors they assigned to me was, you don't know me very well, but I do have this relationship with a counselor who does know me well. Mm -hmm. And the encouragement and help I was able to receive from the relationship I already built um, really kind of showed the difference between interacting with a counselor I barely knew mm -hmm. to interacting with someone who uh, has been caring for me for a while. When you asked me about 
doing this podcast, my first thought was like, absolutely. And I was like, I should actually pray about this before I just jump in. (laughs) (laughs) So I did and got to listen to some other podcasts that you've done. uh, And was just so encouraged by that because I was like, wow, I, you know, I know, I know Heather a little bit and, and she knows me a little bit from what I've been writing, but I'm like, she doesn't really know this whole other backstory about my mental health journey and, uh, really just how it's been very much on my heart before my accident to talk about mental health, especially in our faith communities, uh, because it's can be so easy to hide that, to not bring ourselves fully to that to feel like yeah to feel like we have to hide and so to kind of jump into my my story pre my accident with uh, with my with mental health I had been struggling on and off starting in high school I I was probably depressed I struggled with some self-injury with some suicidal thoughts and then kind of like I mentioned in my intro early on in college, I accepted Christ. And so for the first little while there, it was such a relief and a weight from my shoulders that, that I didn't struggle with those things anymore. You know, I thought, great, I am, I'm made new in Christ, which we are. And, and for, and I thought that I was done with that. And then I found out that I wasn't done with that. And that was a really hard time for me in my faith where I thought, you know, and even kind of some voices from the outside sometimes in our faith communities can say, you know, well, you you shouldn't be struggling with this because you have Jesus, because, you know, well, your faith must not be strong enough because uh-huh. you have suicidal thoughts or you there's so many of these different voices. We got to change that language. We have to change that stigma, especially like you said, in the faith community. It's not about having more faith or less faith or or anything like that. Exactly. And so, yeah, and in my journey, things got more difficult for me after I graduated from college. Um, I was struggling with suicidal thoughts again and finally decided to pursue some counseling and medication. It was a big, difficult decision, you know, uh, and in medications, another one where that gets really stigmatized, like, you know, you shouldn't need this, why, you know... Yeah, lots of things that can get twisted from it being really a helpful thing. Mm -hmm. So right after I graduated, I had a pretty rough time and came out of that pretty well. A few years later, I had gotten married and we had moved around the country a couple of times. You know, we were in the Salvation Army and moved Mm -hmm. and then moved again and then moved again for another ministry job. And uh, and so there there was definitely some really difficult moments in that Mm -hmm. for me, too. And uh, and that was the first time that I I had my first panic attack. And I don't know if anyone else out there is like me, but I know I thought I was going to die and I Mm -hmm. ended up in the ER and it was awful. It was like, oh my goodness. I, you know, I was embarrassed. It had happened at work. And uh, for anyone else who has panic attacks, I feel you. Uh, It was not any fun. And so having symptoms like that was like, okay, what, what can I do? And uh, anyway, all of that summated to where I am today is I ended up getting connected with a counselor who I felt really 
understood me. Um, and so been meeting with them for probably close to four years now. Um, and that has been so, so helpful mm -hmm. along with taking medication. Mm -hmm. I really, you know, I look back on all of that and especially the work I've done in counseling that so much of that is really what's enabled me to take so much of this injury in stride. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and and to give the credit back to God in that where God allowed all of those circumstances in my life and to find the right help at the right time that uh, was put in place before my accident mm. and could be used later on now down the road to make this a little bit easier where statistically a lot of people struggle a bit more than I do right after an accident like this. But um, yeah, yeah. And like you said, it's difficult when we hear people say, well, if you just had more faith or, you know, you just need to pray more or whatever, it leads us to think that there's not a safe place for us to discuss our mental health. Right. And especially when you're a ministry leader. And exactly. I mean, listeners out there, if you are in ministry, and if you're like me in any way, you, you tend to take on your people's struggles, you know, that you want to help solve. And a lot of times our own mental health and our own self-care gets put to the side and we tend to put other people's fir people first. But again, going back to that, there needs to be a safe place where we can talk. Um, so yeah. tell us a little bit about how you overcame that. Yeah. You know, I've mentioned already, you know, some experiences with counselors and medications. A couple of the areas that have been really helpful as far as faith community, um, I really found a lot of healing and hope in Celebrate Recovery. Um, it wasn't initially a place where I had expected to go as like, okay, I, you know, I, I don't see myself as struggling with an addiction. Um, you know, and I kind of thought, oh, well, Celebrate Recovery is just for people with addictions. Um, but I read up about it, you know, and, and uh, there really are geared toward help and healing to anyone and everyone. And that theologically is all of us. We all fall short. We yep. all struggle with sin. We are all in recovery from something, from something, uh, whether small or large in the eyes of our society and culture, we are all on a journey mm -hmm. of becoming more like Christ of recovering from our sin. I love that. And so I, I definitely found a lot of community and companionship and especially just a place to feel and be vulnerable in a safe place. Um, they're set up in a, in a great way that maintains safety and privacy, you know, yeah. uh, just that what you say in the group is going to stay in the group yep. and uh, which makes it safe, safe to share what's really going on. So yeah, that was a really wonderful, wonderful experience. And kind of out of that, I was able to start a group centered on mental health in the church mm. at another church location I went to. We went through a different curriculum, but I had people come up to me after starting that group say, you know, I've never been able to talk about this mm. with my faith community. Thank you so much 
for starting this. And it meant so much to know that like, okay, God, out of all of these experiences I've had, I have found the solid ground to be able to be used in a way to encourage other people Mm -hmm. in this and know that you're not alone. The people you see up on stage, you know, we, we struggle with it too. Right. And we can together come to Christ. Yep. The source of our healing. Yep. No one is exempt from any of that. And the enemy, he knows how to attack, especially when we are most vulnerable, when we're most tired, when we're beat down, when we're, we're just vulnerable to, to the attacks and it can happen to anyone. No one's exempt. Yeah. So um, in talking about our faith, how has your faith been challenged during this whole experience? I feel like the most challenging part was that moment in the middle of my accident of, I think I'm going to die right now. Mm -hmm. Like that coming face to face with the reality of, do I believe what I say I believe? And that still challenges me. And it also perhaps the right word is colors the rest of my experiences. Now you mentioned bonus days, you know, and, and in that moment of thinking, you know, I'm not going to have any more days on this earth Mm. to see life through that lens is really breathtaking. Yeah. It, it's easier to enjoy things, which sounds odd. Um, and, and really isn't odd the more I talk to other people who've mm-hmm. been through accidents and injuries like mine. Some people will call their injury date their life date. And I, I early on t- took on the term bonus days. Uh, but the date of my accident now feels even even more special than my birthday in yeah. some ways because it's like, oh, this, while it was tragic in one sense, has also shifted my perspective mm-hmm. on what it is to be alive and to be challenged to really fully be alive and let that be a light in this world for Christ. Yeah. Be an example of your faith, your faith in God and how that has shaped not only this experience, but everything leading up to this experience. And now just all of the hope that you can share with others. Yeah. Jumping off of that, I know sometimes people will say, oh, that I'm an inspiration or more so that, you know, oh, well, what do I have to complain about because you've been through so much more? And it's those moments that I'm like, I want to say, stop. Hmm. No, that's not the point. Um, You know, it's like, yes, I have experienced mental illness or physical pain and these this um, disability, but that doesn't negate whatever pain, physical, emotional, spiritual, that you may have or you may be going through. Your pain matters to God. I know there's a quote in my blog from uh, a Holocaust survivor who came to the U.S. and became a fantastic therapist. Uh, And one of her quotes that has meant meant the most to me is, your pain matters and is worth healing. I'm like, if someone who survived the Holocaust can say that, how much more do I want to say that to you? You know, Mm -hmm. uh, God sees, God knows, God cares about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pain doesn't have a comparison. Right. In your blog, you 
quoted um, a scripture from James 4, which goes back to your bonus days. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears <laughs> for a little while and then it vanishes. That's from James 4, yeah. 13 through 14. I just love that. I'm like, perspective. It has never been more real. Yeah. 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 I, my husband during this time had had a conversation with someone with you know, something he, you know, was, he was struggling with about it all. And, um, and he recounts it as, you know, she, the, he heard from them, you know, you're, you're just not that important, <laughs> uh, and, but in a completely good way, you know, yeah, it's like, right. we, we are at, at the same time, so much more important and valuable than we can imagine. Right. And, all at the same time, so much less important than, than we think. Or fragile, you know, like, you know, like if, if anything. Yeah. 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 It doesn't all depend on you. It, de- it depends right. on Christ. Right. And, mm-hmm. You know, and that's a theme throughout scripture of, you know, we are like grass or, or yeah. the flower that's here for a moment. And uh, it's humbling to realize just how small we are. And yet God knows the amount of hairs on our head. Yeah. And he cares. That just leads me right to think about what Jesus said about the sparrows don't um, worry about what they're going to eat. The flowers don't worry about what they're gonna, how they're going to look. You know, why are you worrying about this? I'm going to take care of you. You know, he cares and he knows. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. And he thinks about us. I love the the scripture from Psalm 139, I think it's verse 17, where it says that God's thoughts are like the grains of sand, but yet he thinks about us. Like he knows, like you said, he knows the hairs on our head. He knows everything about us. In one breath, we are a mist. We can be here today and gone tomorrow, but at the same time, we still, the days that we have that have been ordained for us are important. And, you know, what are we going to do with those days? Yeah. Yeah. Learn to do wheelies. Yes. Yes. I love it. Yes. You, I love your blog. I'm telling you listeners, you got to read this blog. I'm going to link it so that you can, you can read it. Um, cause I've just enjoyed it and it's not very long. It's only, what is there like seven entries or something like that? I think. I, I don't know. I know I've been thinking I need to keep writing in there and then I get busy and down. Oh, of to- course. Yeah. And you're at a different time now. You're back to work and other things have taken precedent, but um, I've just enjoyed it so much. But one one other thing about like you've been, I've been following you guys on Facebook. So anytime um, you guys post something, it usually pops up. You recently went to Penny Howe Trail, which is in Arizona. Is that near? It is actually like smack in the center of Phoenix. Oh, there okay. Is, so okay. Phoenix is in the valley. Okay. We're surrounded by mountains, basically. Right. Um, and there is South Mountain, which is on the south side of Phoenix. And then there's North Mountain, which now is actually in the middle of Phoenix because Phoenix is enormous, yeah. plus all of the like surrounding metroplex cities of Phoenix. Uh, so North Mountain is kind of in the center now. But uh, Penny Howe Trail is on North Mountain, and we wanted to go hiking. So yeah. pre-accident, my husband and I have uh, really enjoyed hiking and climbing some of the mountains in Arizona. Um, and we're hoping actually this year to do a rim to rim hike of the Grand Canyon. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So that was, that was one of our hopes, which has been uh, shifted sadly by this injury. 
but so we decided we were going to go do a hike that was a adaptive. So uh, I had found this Penny Howe trail, I think on the All Trails app or some combination of that and Google. And it was just this little, little, I say little, uh, half a mile paved trail there in the middle of Phoenix. And so we said, let's give it a try. Yeah. Um, the biggest memory of mine from it is, you know, one of the reviews of the trail said, oh, it's, a, it's an easy flat trail. You know, if you're walking, yeah, it's, it's an easy flat trail. <laughs> but uh, on a wheelchair, I notice every incline, you know, sidewalks everywhere are tilted one way or the other to allow for drainage and runoff. And I'm like, why is one arm getting a workout and the other one isn't? <laughs> right, um, you right. know, so I, I noticed all these things that I never noticed before in yeah. terms of, oh, this is actually not level when I thought it was. Right. Uh, so the Penny Hot Trail is not flat. <laughs> no, no well, and, and you you can see it. You video recorded it. Your husband videoed it, the whole thing, which yes. I can link that to you because you provided that link as well in your blog. Yes. So we'll link that so you can watch that. But it, you can see it like as you're going, I'm like, how is she going to do this? This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I conquered that half a mile. That's and uh, actually the going down was scarier than going mm. up because when I start going down, it's like, I'm going a little too fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wear wheelchair gloves. Well, I I'm, I should wear wheelchair gloves mm, when mm-hmm. I do uh, trails like that because they have padded hands. Oh, right. That, I'll, that I can use to help make sure I'm, I'm staying slow. So, yeah. yeah, we have that video. And we did recently go to a the Grand Canyon over this Memorial Day holiday. And so uh, there will be some future video coming of some adventures at the Grand Canyon. Not uh, the adventures we had dreamed of for the Rim yeah. to Rim, but, you yeah. know, there's still a lot of wonderful trails that are adaptable there. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So there's a couple things too I wanted to mention is that you and your husband are also are musicians. Yes. You recorded right before your accident, you recorded a song that you had written yeah. about hope. Yeah. And so the, I want to make mention of that so that people can go ahead and look that up on Facebook. It's Crabtree Revival. Yes. So go and look that up. Are you on YouTube as well? We are. Okay. So subscribe, go there, um, find them. And I love how God works like that. You writing that song and then recording it. And it was, that was a preparation for what you were about to experience. I mean, people look out if God is doing something in your life, he's going to use it. So I just, I love that. So go check out Crabtree Revival. Are you writing now as well? have ideas. Okay. I don't know that I can say I'm writing yet, but uh, there are more plans in the works. Okay. I've been uh, working at figuring out how to use a sustain pedal because I can't do that right. normally anymore, but there's all kinds of adaptive stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm getting that all worked out. And, and driving? I am. <laughs> yeah, I, they actually, I got to do driving lessons again. So oh my gosh. I graduated from driving lessons this week and making plans to get a, a car with hand controls that I'll be able to drive. That's cool. amazing. You're you're trying to get back to your independent life because you were that's that's who you were. You were independent person. And yeah, having that mm-hmm taken away from you and grieving some of those things that you you now can do at like you said 
in an adaptive way, it's, yeah. it's never going to be the same. It's going to, it's going to be different, but yeah, like learning how to do the dishes and all of those things. I, I have to give a huge, a huge shout out to, you know, my husband, Jeff, like I, in addition to just things around the house, I, I joke that he's been my best OT occupational therapist because yes. he's just like, well, let, let's go do this thing. Let, we, we'll figure it out. You know, let's go, go for a hike. Let's go. We're going to get you in the car where you're going to go to church. So we want you to get on stage <laughs> yes, and, you know, you're going to be a part of worship just yes. like you've always been. Yeah. Um, so not only Jeff, but the, you know, our, our church that we're a part of bought a ramp so that I could get up on, up yeah. on stage just mm. like I always would. That's so, amazing. Well, and something too, I wanted to mention about Jeff, because he's been a part of this whole journey with you as well. Absolutely. Something profound that he said, he posted on Facebook about the phrase, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Here's what he said. And I just want to quote him. What if life doesn't give you the rest of the ingredients for lemonade? What if it's just lemons? That's, that's profound. Or he goes on to say, or are you telling me to make lemonade for your sake? Is it too uncomfortable for you to sit with me and be present in my pain and lamenting? That hit me so hard. How many times have I glossed over people's difficulties and hardships because it's uncomfortable for me to talk about, you know, or sit there and, and, and be sad with them and just lament and listen yeah. You know, wanting to see I'm I'm a very positive person and I want to see the best in everybody and everything. Yeah. But like you were saying before, those feelings that you're experiencing are real. They're important. Well, and that idea of lament, we've talked about a lot, uh, both before my accident and through it of you know, how does that fit into our times of music and worship in our communities? Um you know, we, I, I joke sometimes when, when Christmas rolls around and we get to sing Christmas carols, that it's one of the only times of the year in the church we get to sing songs in a minor key, <laughs> right. uh, you know, or just the like, um, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. You know, that traditional tune and song is about longing for Jesus to come. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of who we are as the big C church of right. believers awaiting Jesus' return. Yeah. We, we long in sometimes sadness and pain that, yeah. God, we need you. To, you are going to make all of this right, and we wish it wasn't broken. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, please come. I know learning and deciding how to respond to folks who will ask, well, you know, or do you think you're going to walk again? Or folks who will say, you know, I've been praying. I know you're going to walk again. And, you know, um, I don't know if I'm going to walk again, you know, in, in one sense, you know, my, I, I'm sort of practical of like, well, science says yeah, I got about a 5% chance of walking again. So yeah. probably not going to happen. Mm. I don't mean to discount anyone's experience of prayer or by no means to discount God can do that. Right. It's wrestling then with, okay, so God allowed this and God may not choose to mm-hmm. allow me to walk again. And mm-hmm what do I do with that? I worship him anyway. Yeah. That's words given, you know, to me and help from my husband. Well, what do we do? Worship. Will you, will you continue to worship God, whether Vanessa walks again or not? Yeah. Yeah. We have to live. That's a, that's a delicate dance because we have to live with the 
reality of knowing that God is God and he can do miracles and we believe that he can do miracles. But if he doesn't, even if, even if that isn't the case, I'm still going to praise him. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Vanessa, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're so welcome. Thanks for the invite. Yes. I'm thrilled. I know that you don't maybe necessarily love hearing this, but you are an inspiration. You are, you're an inspiration to me personally, um, just following everything that you've written about and following you on Facebook. And you have helped me along my faith journey as well. So thank you very much. I'm honored. Wow. What an amazing story and a great conversation. Thanks again, Vanessa. Again, if you are a loved one or someone, you know, is struggling with mental health, please reach out to someone for help. You can call the National Crisis and Suicide Hotline by just dialing the numbers 988. You can also find additional free resources on the National Alliance for Mental Illness website at NAMI, N-A-M-I.org. Thanks so much for continuing on in this series on mental health. But that's all for today. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of the Salvation Army Central Territory Women's Ministries Department. And as always, I hope that this podcast has left you feeling prepared and equipped for tomorrow. And I'll see you real soon. God bless y'all.